You're listening to the Language Assistance Podcast, brought to you by the British Council. For more information about the British Council or the Language Assistance Programme, please visit britishcouncil.org. Hey everyone, it's Bethan in London. Thanks so much for tuning in to our second podcast. Now, I should probably start this episode with a big apology. I appreciate that there's been a big delay between our first and second episode. Now, we had planned to upload weekly, um, but recently I had a bit of an accident. So I managed to dislocate my shoulder um, in a sporting accident. Now, I wish I could say that I did something rock and roll whilst I was at Glastonbury, but unfortunately, nope. I was playing rounders the day after due to go back to work um, and, yeah, managed to dislocate my shoulder. So for the last two weeks, I've been in and out of hospital because I'm going to need surgery, um, which is put a bit of a delay on me getting this edited but we're there we're ready to go um and this episode yeah it's a good one so in this episode Connor and I caught up with two former language assistants that had two very different experiences one was uh, working in Santiago in Chile so a very very big city and the other had a very rural posting in Quebec Now, we were all recording from different locations, which means the sound quality isn't great at times, but do stick with it. But we will be improving the way in which we record for the future, as we've been given some hints and tips from MFL Twitterati podcast. So big shout out to the guys at MFL Twitterati podcast. And if you are going to be a language assistant next year, I would definitely encourage you to check out their podcast too. But yeah, do listen to this podcast because the content I think is quite good and it's always nice for you to hear from different people. So hopefully in future episodes, you'll be able to hear the difference in quality and audio. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll uh, talk to you soon. So we are joined by Cameron and Gaurav and we're going to be discussing some of the differences between being posted in a village or being posted in a city. So Cameron, why don't you start us off? Could you tell us a little bit about your placement and where you were? Yes, so I was teaching in a secondary school in the Beauce region in Quebec. My town was called Saint-Prosper, where I was teaching, and it was quite a farming community. It was uh, quite a small place as well, about 3,000 residents there. So I got to know uh, all of the kids the school and quite a lot of the community outside of the school as well. Okay, perfect. And Gaurav, how about you? So for my year abroad, I was in Santiago in Chile, in South America. Uh, quite different to Cameron. Uh, Santiago's got a population of roughly about 7 million people. Quite quite a busy city. I was working in businesses, teaching business English, and I was also working in a, an English academy, Chileno Botanical, and I also taught in some secondary schools. So it's quite varied. Definitely didn't get to know every person in Santiago. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that would be quite a challenge. (laughs) So, Gaurav, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you think your placement in Santiago affected your overall experience of the year? Yeah, again, it's quite different to other assistants you're abroad, obviously, in Santiago, because you are in South America. You don't really have the opportunity to go home as much unless you can afford it, but you do get the opportunity to travel South America. I really enjoyed working in Santiago. I think my, my Spanish did improve, but there was quite a large group of us in Santiago, so I did spend quite a lot of time with the other assistants. My experience of the year was, was still really positive. Okay, brilliant. And Cameron, how about you? 
one of the main things I found was when I arrived in in Beauce and got to know the uh, the form of French that was spoken there, uh, I realised just how, um, for want of a better word, how regional the the accent was. So there were certain things which were very very different to what I had studied, uh, quite mainstream French at university. So when I would be in the staff room with my colleagues, I found uh, initially I could almost see my degree shredding itself because I just could not follow anything that was being said. Um, but that was purely because it was a very different form of French that I was used to. And one of the reasons I did the programme was because I, I really loved the Francophone world and I wanted to know a lot more about how French was spoken and used in different areas. So that was a real benefit was just hearing how on quite a Mac level French was used in this town. And it was so predominant as well. It wasn't as bilingual as places such as Montreal or Quebec City. Um, it was a lot more francophone uh, than that so I found that I was able to really get to use my French and really get to practice it whilst I was there. Cool so we're at a point of the year when uh, the language assistants have received their regional allocation and we're going to lead into the summer where they'll all start finding out their exact location. We'll start with Cameron but how did you feel initially when you received your allocation? I was really, really happy. I was so, so happy. When I looked into where Bose was placed, I did a bit of, of online research. I looked at what the area was like and I, I slightly fell in love with the place already just because um, from the events that they had on, uh, they're quite a, a musical place. They have a festival called Nashville on Bose, which is basically a big country festival that they host there. And I just realised how, how much of a community it would be to, to live there and to teach there. Um, so I was really happy. I was really positive. I, I may have, in some way, when I first applied, wanted to be in a bigger city. But I think as soon as I got my allocation, that's when I really started to get excited about it becoming a reality and getting to know a place really from within. Cool. How about you, Gaurav? Did you want to go to a city like when you initially applied? Was it what you had kind of hoped for? Yeah, I think similar to um, similar to what Cameron said, it's quite exciting um, when you first get your placement. And yeah, I, I wanted, I knew I wanted to go to South America, and I knew I wanted to to live in a city at the time. And yeah, I'd done a quick bit of research into into general in Chile and South America and travelling. Actually, again, similar to what Cameron said previously about Ch um, Chilean Spanish is quite different to other other um, countries in South America Spanish. So I was quite looking forward to kind of getting getting involved and. Um, I did have a few friends in Charles looking forward to get to meet. How do you think that living in a village or a small town in your case, Cameron, impacted on your social life? Did you socialise very regularly in English, if at all? Well, I had a bit of a different setup to other language assistants. Um, there are about five other ELAs who were posted to Bose region uh, with me, and um, one of the setups that they had was a teacher who worked in one of the main schools in Saint Georges de Bose. He rented out a house to us. Uh, he rented out a house each year to language assistants in town. Uh, so I was actually living with other language assistants, which was fortunate in one sense because I had a group of people I'd. Met before at the pre-departure but also I wanted to still keep getting to know the city getting to know the town rather a bit more so I I did find socializing was good I found getting to know my teachers was really the biggest benefit um so there were quite a few invites for things such as bowling nights or just going out for dinner with their colleagues and that was really good just to get to know the town a bit more from their perspective as well it wasn't the the most liveliest of towns so if we really wanted to socialize we would go up a lot more 
more to Quebec City. But whilst we were in Vos, um, there were things to do. There were beautiful walks. There were really nice places in town that you could go out to eat and drink. So I found socialising didn't have um, a sort of minimalised impact in living in a small town. That's really good to hear because I think a lot of our like language assistants they do tend to be younger or students or graduates and I think the Mm. worry is that if people go to a village that they're not going to have a social life so it's really good to hear that you can make a social life even in a a more rural setting and it's also nice to hear that you got on so well with your teachers I think sometimes people forget that you know some of the teachers can be young (laughs) just because you're in a in a school in a in a town or a village it doesn't mean that all of the teaching staff are going to be 60. How about you guys (laughs) um how was your experience in Chile did you have lots of uh, Chilean friends or did you hang out mostly with English speakers? So my experience was up and down in terms of uh, people that I met my first month in Santiago I lived with a family that the British Council arranged for me and um, in that family they, they couldn't speak any English and they had a young daughter and a young son. So I spent my first month a lot with that family eating, eating dinner and kind of socialising with them. After that, once I started teaching in the academy, asados are a really big thing in Chile, which is basically just a barbecue. They're really popular in, in the whole of Chile. So the teachers would have regularly have barbecues, which was really, really good. But there was, as I said previously, a lot of language assistants um, from the UK that were in Santiago. So there was a lot of social um, events with them where regularly we would all speak in, in English a lot of the times. But again, it is kind of what you make of it. I did try and um, join football teams that was all Chileans and, you know, go to badminton events and go to as many intercambios as I could. But I did feel like I had to make more of an effort to get involved with these things because it's quite easy in a city to to meet expats and to meet people that, that can speak English very well. So that's, that's more or less my experience. And how about you, Connick? Because obviously you went to China and you spoke no Mandarin before you went. Did you manage to socialise with locals or... Were you mainly sticking to fellow language assistants or other English speakers? That's a good question, actually. I've now done the whole thing of moving to a different country without speaking the language twice. So I did it once in China and once in Spain, and I had very, very different experiences. I think in China, because you're so far away from home, it is very useful to have a group of English speakers who you can talk to. And I definitely felt that having a support network who I could go to and speak in English with was very, very useful. I did try to do some Chinese language exchanges as well, but starting from zero with Chinese is an incredibly difficult language to learn. And so when I did do language exchanges, I ended up speaking in English the vast majority of the time. Um, I did speak up a little bit of Chinese and definitely it was quite easy to pick up enough to get by on a day-to-day basis but I think to get to a conversational basis you definitely have to make a real effort and I would encourage anybody who is going to China actually to start making that effort now because if you arrive with a little it would make your life much much easier Um, and Spanish on the other hand I think for English speakers it's quite easy to pick up and in Spain there was a real desire for people to learn English and so I found it much easier to find partners to practice with and I definitely noticed my level get much better as a result of that. I would I would say to anyone that is going to Chile or South America in general if you do have a, a even a basic level of Spanish and you do go across there and you you know you play football with Chile and you go for you know a drink after it and you can't understand anything they're saying because they've got a lot of Chilean words they throw in there I would definitely advise you just to hang in there and just to really, you know, persevere with it. I know that some people that I was in Chile with, they didn't speak any Spanish, or their Spanish was maybe a lower level conversationally. 
and they really struggled to understand Chilean Spanish and then we almost got afraid of it or afraid of going out with large groups of people but it is something you need to just persevere with and eventually you'll be in that same place two or three months down the line and it will all just click and you will understand it maybe it's not the same as Mandarin but I definitely felt that with my Spanish improved so much from being in Chile because it was so difficult to understand some of the Chilean words that took a lot of more you know listening and you know really paying attention to what people were saying I felt that it really did improve my level. So how do you guys think your placement affected your language learning? So I know for me I didn't do languages at university I went to Spain having had a big gap between school in which I did GCSE and AAS level so I was very very rusty and the fact that I was placed in a town was probably in hindsight the best thing for me because I had very few English speakers I didn't have that comfort zone of English speakers to revert to there was no other language assistance in the area essentially I had to learn Spanish and for me it was the best thing because I came out after that year being fluent and now use Spanish in my job which as someone who didn't do it at university is is like amazing and I'm so glad that I took part in the program do you think your placement being in a city, uh, Grav, or uh, Cameron, you in a village, do you think it hindered your experience of like, or improving your language skills, or do you think it aided it? Um, I, th- I think for me, I, I completely agree with Gaurav. I think that actually hanging in there is one of the best things you can do. Um, when I first had my very first day in school and I would be in the staff room with my colleagues, um, they would be chatting to each other and I would not be able to understand half of what they were saying. Um, so I would not be getting a full conversation. I'd, I'd felt at first slightly unconfident uh, with it. I felt my confidence slightly shrinking because I'd felt very, very strong in my French. But it is purely because you are in a brand new environment and the style of French that you learn in the UK it's it's uh, quite standardized and so it is taking you into a very natural context very different context from that which uh, which you probably learned at school or uni so it definitely helped me out um, I think it just broadened my understanding of, of French as as a living language and how different it can be in different areas and how different it was between Bose and Quebec City, it was vastly different there. So it was um it was a great experience to to really pick up some new words and some new uh, new pronunciations. I've not kept all of them, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, there are certain ones which have slightly gone over time, but um but it was really great to learn them and to to get to know how people really communicated there. Yeah, and I would say for Santiago, Santiago is kind of like the London of maybe South America in terms of you've got. A lot of different people you've got a lot of different cultures you've got argentinian people peruvian people venezuelans you know colombians and, and they all speak very different spanish so as much as chilean spanish is great to learn you also you do get a kind of flavor of other people and you meet a lot of other people so i think my in general my spanish you know my spanish learning definitely improved a lot by my overall kind of understanding of different cultures and you know different countries within south america was was definitely greatly increased i, I live with mexican people i live with venezuelan people so you know you do you learn a lot from from the people you live with as well in, in language learning i would say as a direct comparison of of there's, there's a small town called valdivia and one of my friends was, was posted in valdivia so i went down to visit her um after three months of being in santiago and i would say just purely from a direct comparison of her Spanish to my Spanish. Her Spanish was a lot better than mine, just purely because of the fact that she was in such a small town and she didn't really have any other English speakers that she spoke with. So she was speaking Spanish, you know, morning, day and night, every day. And when I actually went to visit her, she said she hadn't spoken English in ages, you know, apart from on the phone. So just in, in that respect, for me, it kind of made me think, okay, I need to, you know, really 
step my game up in Santiago and try to, to you know spend less time with English speakers, which is difficult to do. But yeah, that, that just just as a comparison from someone that was in Chile in a, in a village, um, I did feel that, that her Spanish was definitely much better than mine in, in three months. But again, it is definitely what you make of it. And I think as well, like you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone so much by being um, so, so in Chile or in Quebec or China. You're so far away from what is uh, normal to you, let's say, that it is that time where you really do, um, you, you, it's fight or flight. So you just push to, to thrive through it and take every experience you can from it and just think, well, I'm in such a new environment. I really want to, to make the most of this. Yeah, I think that's massive. Make You know, you really do want to... Like... <laughs> make the most of it like you do really want to because before you know it, the year abroad will go by you really quickly and yeah you, you yeah, 100% agree with that it's just make the most of it spend your time doing things that you want to do and really say yes to everything in terms of you know mm-hmm. if there's a, a barbecue with your workmates or you know just anything that you're invited to just always go for it and try and meet as many people as you can because there's times where you maybe won't you know, you say no to something and you think, oh, yeah, I should have gone to that. Might You never know where it could lead to. You can meet lots more people and make more connections. Yeah, I really couldn't agree more with that. I think it's so important to just embrace the opportunities that come to you, that you never know what is going to come out of the situation, but it can lead to making really close friends. It can lead to improving your language abilities, seeing somewhere that you never thought you would get the opportunity to see. I think for me, looking back on my time in China now, so many of the things that I did came just from kind of weird encounters with people who then invited me to go to different places or who I started up doing language exchanges with. I think you really just have to embrace those opportunities as they come to you. Yeah, and I, I, I think a lot of language assistants as well when they go abroad, and it was certainly the case for me, like you initially you just want to try and make lots of friends your own age, but it was actually a really nice experience going from two years of university being constantly around people the same age as me to also make friends of different ages and one of the teachers at my school actually became like my Spanish mum because her son was on Erasmus (laughs) in Italy and she almost had like empty nest syndrome but it was absolutely amazing because she taught me things and um, because she had a car she used to sometimes take me on day trips and that was an amazing opportunity that I wouldn't have had if I didn't kind of embrace getting to know people of all different backgrounds and it was the cutest thing when my mum came to visit and uh, my Spanish mum met my my mum and dad uh, in Spain and neither of them spoke English or Spanish but there was this mutual appreciation that they from my mum that they like she looked after me but those are the memories that you cherish. One thing which I think everybody who's a language assistant wants to do during their year abroad is to travel. I'm interested to know how you found your experience of traveling around the country from where you were based so Gaurav I imagine for you in Santiago there must be very good transport networks between Santiago and the other parts of Chile. Yeah, um, I mean, just within Chile, I did, you know, there's a lot to see. There's a town very close to Santiago called Valparaiso, uh, Valparaiso and Viña del Mar. It's kind of coastal towns that are really, really nice. Um, There's also a town, Pichulemo, it's called. It's one of the oldest surfing schools in the year. It's got, I mentioned previously, Valdivia, which is a town um, where they make the beer Kunstmann, it's called. It's actually a lot of German settlers went over and started it. It's one of the biggest beers in, in Chile. There's, there's obviously, in the south of Chile, you've got Patagonia, which is a, a massive um, tourist spot for anyone that would like to go over to Chile. And you can also fly, well, you can only fly to Easter Island from Santiago. It's quite expensive to do it, but Easter Island is yeah, a big attraction. So there's a lot of opportunities within Chile to travel and obviously wider South America. I would say... 
that having a level of Spanish like is, is obviously useful regardless of where you're traveling in South America, but it was it was more helpful in the south of Chile because you know there's a lot of places where they won't speak any English. But I would, I would highly recommend Chile is a, a beautiful country and there's a lot to see and do. Great. And Cameron, how about you in your village? How did you find traveling to other places? Did you find that you had to travel by car quite often? Did you have public transport links available to you? How was your experience of that? Um, well, it varied. So some of my housemates uh, did get a car. I, I didn't get a car myself, but um, sometimes I would throw myself on their mercy for a, a trip to the bigger supermarkets who were doing a big shop for the house. But in terms of traveling farther afield, uh, one of the big things that is done in Quebec is car sharing. So they actually have websites set up where you can, it's almost like an Airbnb. You have a profile of yourself and there'll be a profile of somebody else and they might be doing a journey from boats to Montreal and then you can, uh, it will have the price there. So about $10, $15 or so. And then you'll be able to do a car share, um, which I actually did several times. And it's interesting because you meet very interesting different people on these car share journeys because they'll have other people who've booked to go along as well so at one point I was in a car that was myself an Irish person an Argentinian person and a driver from Quebec so we just all kind of chatted away and, and made our way over to Montreal I think this was when I was leaving the country so that was one big thing that was done and there's even Facebook groups which were set up so I think specifically for Saint-Georges to Quebec there was a Facebook group so if you wanted to you could actually car share through that obviously it's it's making sure that you stay safe and people know who you're driving with and when you're going to be arriving so taking your safety in, into consideration other than that i'd say coaches coaches were a big thing in terms of public transport around the town itself it was pretty non-existent it was feet and snow boots occasionally or quite often okay brilliant so you didn't really encounter too many problems in terms of traveling to other places then that's reassuring to hear i think for a lot of people i think a lot of people is <laughs> going to more remote places have this worry that it could be inaccessible but there are always opportunities to encounter transport aren't there absolutely absolutely there are and and i found just through um through talking to my colleagues they were the ones who i think initially told me about the um the car sharing they were the ones who said to me look into this see if there's a chance where you can get over to quebec city for a weekend and visit there so definitely didn't feel cut off that was one thing which i think i might have had some slight concerns about before but when i arrived and i started to get to know the structure of, of quebec and how uh, how people travel around I in, in immediately knew um, okay I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be cut off from from civilization or from a bigger city if I want to, to visit okay well it's great to hear that both of you had such positive experiences in your placements even though they sound really quite different do any of you have any final advice on somebody who's been posted so in your case Cameron in a village or in your case, Gaurav, in a city, any final advice you would give in those kind of placements? I'd say um, it's been said on the, the podcast already, but saying yes to things is one of the best things that you can do. I got to know my colleagues who, there was probably only one who was around the same age as me, but every colleague I got to know in the school was absolutely wonderful and really, really, really welcoming. And I didn't feel like a fish out of water. The, the more I was there, I just felt like part of the school community. So I think if you approach it with the right mentality if you approach it saying i might be in a smaller town than maybe i wanted to be in or i might be in a uh, village rather than a city but i have such a valuable opportunity here that 
many people wouldn't have the chance to get so making every single bit of it counts um, and yes investing in in every bit of car sharing every bit of traveling as you can trying to see every as much as possible around so that you really do get a full picture of where you're posted and yeah just to add on to that as well i think again say 100 percent, always say yes to everything that you're you know to to any events that, that Cameron mentioned that you're invited to. I'd also say do a bit of research into where, where you've been placed because there's always kind of stuff on that you might not know about. In Santiago, there was loads of things on. Um, there's loads of trips that you could, I could have done that I wish I did. Definitely make the most of your weekends because as much as you're there Monday to Friday, you can make short trips um, to places nearby and don't spend every weekend in, in the same place because there might be other things going on. But yeah, make the most of it, enjoy your time there and yeah, just get get involved and yeah. I think people's placement, it is really what you make of it. So it's an opportunity. It's nine, most people do about nine months, which sounds like a long time, but I know my experience, it flew by. And mm. even if initially the placement is not what you thought it would be, I think moving abroad, whether it's to a city, village or town, any kind of placement moving abroad it's challenging because it's new and whether you're in a city or a village it's not going to make it any more easier or harder I think it just presents its different challenges and I know from my experience I had days where it was the best day of my life I also had days where it was really challenging Um, and I think as you guys have all said you just need to embrace every moment and and make the the best of the placement that you you get given. Absolutely I think before I left to go to China, I remember somebody told me that comparison is the thief of joy and you should never be comparing yourself to other people's placements because there are always going to be things which are better for you than are for them and vice versa. I think it's really about appreciating it as your own unique experience and then making the most of what comes along to you. I think we've had a really, really good discussion and it's nice to hear, as I said, there's no bad placement, it's just what you make of it. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks very much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Uh, Fantastic. Cool. So we'll end it there. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Great. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to the Language Assistance Podcast, brought to you by the British Council. This episode has been recorded and edited by the Language Assistance team. For more information about the British Council or the Language Assistance Programme, please visit britishcouncil.org. Or why not follow the Language Assistance team on Twitter? Our Twitter handle is at LanguageASST.